You're listening to For the Readers, a podcast to invest in all those readers of Scripture proclaiming the gospel in their faith communities. Each week, we read the gospel text as set out by the Revised Common Lectionary and then offer what may be beneficial and formational for the reader. Attending to a variety of topics such as pronunciation of uncommon words, connections and curiosities, awareness of what may be essential in the text, and a consideration of the passage's emotional tone. We close with a prayer, poem, or some other thing that emerges in connection with our gospel reading. All this to invite a deeper interconnection with the scripture, which can become a fertile ground for the spirit to be transforming the reader and thus the community further into Christ-likeness. May Christ be formed in us. For July 2nd, 2023, the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this thing called the wheel of emotion. I wonder if you've ever seen one of these before. I'll attach the one I'm looking at, at least into the, the show notes. And what it is, it's just three concentric circles where the middle center circle has core emotions. Uh, mine has happy, sad, surprised, disgusted, fearful, angry, and bad. And as you move out from the center circle, you move out from the core emotions those core emotions are described then with more specificity. So there's a happy that can be um, happy and interested and happy and interested and curious or happy, interested, inquisitive or so on. Um, or you can have a, um, a sadness that is lonely. Um, you're sad. You feel sad because you feel lonely. You feel sad because you feel lonely because you feel isolated or you feel sad because you feel lonely because you feel abandoned, right? You start to see how we get into like the gradations of our feelings. And this is just, it's a great tool. It's a helpful tool, first and foremost, for us to begin the process of naming how we are, where we are, what's going on um, inside us. And uh, why am I talking about emotions here on a podcast about reading the gospel? Uh, is because each week we've been talking about what the emotional core of the reading we have is. So this weekend, I think it would be with this reading in Matthew here, I would offer that the core emotion here is an openness and a receptivity and a recognition that how we are open and receive has a lot to do with what our lives are like, what and who we let in, and what and who we keep out has a deep impact on what our lives are like. And then we have some responsibility, too, for um, our lives. It's connected to 
what we welcome, what we don't, what we receive, what we don't receive. So this, you know, motion here is about um, what it is we're letting in and how we're letting things in. And so then this leads us to another sort of set of considerations about emotion that are helpful for us as we prepare to read the gospel in our communities, and that's considering the emotional space that everyone who will be with us will be coming from or will be occupying. And so if we again think about that wheel, we just need to recognize that uh, no room is going to have everyone in the same place. And it's quite likely that no person is actually going to just be in one space. Uh, A word I've learned, uh, ambivalent. I used to think ambivalent meant it was close to apathy, but ambivalent just means you're feeling contradictory or mixed things at once. So you, you know, you can feel happy and sad at the same time. So all this to sort of set up is this idea that we are coming into rooms with, um, with mixtures of emotion in them. And so what I'm not suggesting is we try to figure out how everyone's feeling in the room. That is a that, that's a problematic uh, idea on multiple levels. Maybe with the most you know the most significant problem being I'm not sure we want to tailor how we read the gospel to the room we're in. But I'm also not suggesting on the other end we read without any sensitivity or any awareness of the room we're in, or even just being aware that what we're reading, what we're proclaiming, what we're sharing will land differently on different people. So what should we do about that? Well, what I'm not suggesting is sort of two extremes here. I'm not suggesting that we should attempt to figure out in place where everybody is so that we can manipulate and try to land a reading on them that works, right? I think that's a bad idea. It's problematic on a lot of levels. Um, And I'm also, but I'm also not suggesting we don't have any awareness. We don't think about this. We're not considerate of who we're reading a text to. That just seems uncaring. It seems unpastoral and not really befitting. Um, what it is that's happening when when we're reading the gospel. So while I don't think we should do nothing, while I'm also um, not suggesting that we read in like a hyper um, manipulative way, um, I'm suggesting here for us a consideration of how we are before and after we're reading might really play a part here. That if we really attempt to um, it's, I think this is just following the example of Jesus, practicing presence with the people that we're with, s- seeing them, right? Being with them, um, talking to them, um, you know, like thinking about how um, eye contact, you see someone and you smile at them, how that can add to them a sense of being welcomed and of mattering, And when we feel welcomed, when we feel valued, we feel like we matter to people, it does open us up to new things because it just adds to that sense of security. Or maybe it's exchanging pleasantries and small talk. And I know a lot of people that hate small talk. And I'm not not a massive fan either. But the idea of like, uh, you know, it just doesn't matter. Pleasantry. Hey, how are you? It's good to see you. Small talk, what's going on, right? When these things are engaged in with sincerity or when they're engaged with with people that we know and we care about, it can be a means of conveying grace. Conversation, um, body posture, smiling, on eye contact, all of these can be means of our conveying grace to the people that we're present with. And as we convey grace and love through our presence, 
it can help them find some security and open themselves up to what it is that that God may have for them that day. Right? This is why community matters. This is why presence um, matters. And this question is, how can we read, how can we embody ourselves in the space of where we're going to read and proclaim, uh, how can we do it in such a way that allows people to feel an invitation and to feel a, a, a value, to feel um, some security that they could listen maybe to a word that's inviting them to change something about themselves. I want to close reading today for you from the book of Sirach, uh, one of the Apocrypha. Uh, depending on your Bible, you may or may not have it in there. And there's a, a, a beautiful bit at the end here of Sirach, Sirach chapter 51, starting about verse 13. And it's about the, it's about the welcoming of wisdom. And what you find through this, it's called a poem, um, this poem on wisdom from Ben Sirach. What we find here is that um, the act of welcoming is a lot more active than we think about sometimes. And you'll see this, right? It talks about the travels, um, the seeking, um, the the coming to the, the, the temple and the searching that there is a searching that is a part of welcoming. Sometimes we think of welcoming as this passive thing where we're just waiting for the thing to happen. But what we, I think, is helpful to recognize is that welcoming, receiving is always active. There's always something active in our welcoming. There's, there's activity in our waiting. We want to be people who are actively um, welcoming God's Spirit more and more into our lives. And so, from the wisdom of Ben Sirach, chapter 51, verses 13 through 29. While I was still young, before I went on my travels, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. Before the temple, I asked for her, and I will search for her until the end. From the first blossom to the ripening grape, my heart delighted in her. My foot walked on the straight path. From my youth, I followed her steps. I inclined my ear a little and received her. And I found for myself much instruction. I made progress in her. To him who gives wisdom, I will give glory. For I resolved to live according to wisdom. And I was zealous for the good. I shall never be disappointed. My soul grappled with wisdom, and in my conduct, I was strict. I spread out my hands to the heavens and lamented my ignorance of her. I directed my soul to her, and in purity I found her. With her I gained understanding from the first, therefore I will never be forsaken. My heart was stirred to seek her, therefore I have gained the prized possession. The Lord gave me my tongue as a reward, and I will praise him with it. Draw near to me, you who are uneducated, and lodge in the house of instruction. Why do you say you are lacking in these things, and why do you endure such great thirst? I opened my mouth and said, Acquire wisdom for yourselves without money. Put your neck under her yoke, and let your souls receive instruction. It is to be found close by. See with your own eyes that I have labored but little, found for myself much serenity. Hear but a little of my instruction, and through me you will acquire silver and gold. May your soul rejoice in God's mercy, 
and may you never be ashamed to praise him.